And they would work a good, I don't know, 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours a day for basically like a hundred dollars a week. Um, they would live on like the meat that they picked up for the tigers. They would get old expired meat from like Walmart or whatever to feed to the tigers. Um, but they didn't have any food to eat. So they would go through and pick out the of those and, and eat out of that. Um, and it just made me feel like what he was doing was taking advantage of the poor people, the people who don't have another choice. And it really made me feel like how the missionaries, honestly, then and now, prey on the people who are needy, right? Oh, yeah. um, so it, it kind of reminded me of like the go to, to um, England and get these people who are working 14, 16 hours a week or a day. Um, and, you know, hey, we have a better life for you in America. You just have to join this church and, you know. And we won't tell you there's no polygamy, right? So that mm, when you come over, right? Um, and it, it kind of reminded me of how you pull them in a little bit at a time by helping them, right? Until you're in. And then right. you're all the way in and you don't have much of a choice anymore. Right. So um, that's one of the things that he's doing. Another thing that I thought was really interesting was, so Joe Exotic is gay, which... I have no problem with uh, you do you um, he ended up having at least three boyfriends um, throughout the series. And I don't know that I think there's another one now um, he's actually in jail right now, which right. is also like Joseph Smith, but <laughs> um, uh, so um, his boyfriends, this is actually really interesting is that they were all very young. So um, Joe Exotic was, I would say, in his 30s. And I should have looked this up before I said this, but somewhere in his yeah. 30s. Everybody he... knows the Tiger King. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he was um, dating and marrying um, young men, 18, 19-ish mm. um, age. But on top of that, he did marry two at the same time. So he was in a polyamorous, um, which is fine. Once again, you do you. But polygamy in there somewhere. And to mm. me, it's, it's the age difference. I mean, I mm. kind of feel like if you are making the decision, it's something you want, you go right ahead. But if you're mm. being coerced or forced into it, it's a different story. And as the, as the, as the story goes on, we kind of learn that none of these young men that he was dating were actually gay. They were oh. straight. And in fact, um, two of them were sleeping with other people on the compound, girls on the yeah. compound. One of them got another uh, girl pregnant and ended up leaving Joe Exotic to go live with his new family. Um, oh. but what was happening was that, A, he was taking boys who needed a home, who wanted love, who were in bad places and giving them the love and what they needed. And on top of that, he was also supplying them with drugs, with um, a truck, with guns, with all the, the, the lifestyle that they wanted. And right. so basically, these young boys were just giving him what he wanted um, right. to get what they needed. And yeah. once again, it kind of reminded me of Joseph Smith. Now, Joseph Smith didn't have money or, you know, uh, drugs or anything like that, but he was giving them something even better, eternal life. 
Yeah, yeah. He but was, he did have like the house in Nauvoo. I remember seeing a picture recently where they showed the, the mansion in Nauvoo and then they showed the surrounding little cabins around it and, you know, how that was going to be a hotel. And Yes. And, and did, uh, you, yeah. did you see the thing? I think it was Bill Real, um, RFM, talking yeah. about how he would um, sign over plots to yes. his, to his women, his women, yes. his polygamous, yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he there and, and not just them, but also their families, like selling right. things to them at right. a different price. And yeah, so that was a big thing for me. Um, yeah. Just, just how you can take advantage of people who need you, who need right. something. Um, and then hear this. So Joe Exotic actually ran for governor, um, mm -hmm. which totally reminded me of Joseph Smith running for president of the United States. Right. Mm -hmm. um, he's he wants to be the big man like he wants right. to be the one in charge of everything. Right. Um, and then this one is good to you guys. If you follow Tiger King, you've also know that there was a big thing with Carol Baskin. Like yeah. he and Carol Baskin had this big like we're you know, you're bad. No, I, you're bad. Like this big yeah. thing. They're basically both doing the same thing. But, yeah. one, you know, they're mad my tiger them. sanctuary is good. Your tiger sanctuary is bad. Right. Yeah. Just like yeah. spiritual wifery and um, polygamy. They're doing yeah. the same thing, but right. the other person is wrong. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You mean like yeah. FLDS versus ah, there's a good analogy there. Yeah. Yes. What Warren Jeffs was doing, you know, doing is the bad, same but, thing, but yeah. no, you're not doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yes. With the exact same scriptures, by the way. It's like, mm, okay. Well, yeah, and yeah. I, I always you know, I never really got even when I was um a believing Mormon, I never really got the John C. Bennett thing. I never understood how is what he's doing any different than what Joseph Smith is doing? Like it's I all never... a power, yeah. It's all a power <laughs> dynamic. Everything you I mean, that's the thing is it's a it's boils down to vulnerability compared to power. Who yep. has the power? Yep. And, it does. And and it's usually um, you know, some kind of a male who has 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 the um charisma to attract these people. And then, like you say, taking advantage of people yep. that are, uh, that, you know, I mean, I remember, oh my gosh. I mean, it was the freakiest thing. My husband and I, I think my husband was in the bishopric or something. I'm trying to remember why the heck we were there, but we had gone to a special meeting for ward missionaries, training ward missionaries and this kind of thing. And they actually had like a PowerPoint presentation. They had us do role play where we would turn to the person sitting next to us and practice. It was like I was at an Amway convention and I was being taught how to sell upsell the Amway, you know, only That's this was the gospel. Sure. And I, both my husband and I were like, this is so uncomfortable. I yep. cannot handle this. And so it's, it's just a selling, it's a marketing yeah. thing. Well, and, yeah. and so something that I found really interesting was um, somebody who was talking about going and living on Joe Exotic's, um, plantation, whatever you want to call it. Um, she oh, actually God. said, she actually said it was a, a lifestyle change. Like you were, you were oh. changing your life and it totally triggered me because I remember when I was a believing Mormon and I went out with the missionaries once to help talk to um, a, a family who was interested in the church and, and they were, you know, teaching them the Mormon things. And one of the things that always bothered me was I always felt like Nobody was ever honest with how much the Mormon church asked from you. 
Like oh. nobody was ever honest about that. It was right. all about, you know, you believe it, you go to church. It's great. Yeah. No, they take over your whole life. And right. um, I just felt like I wanted to tell them this. And so I'm sitting there with the missionaries and I'm like, okay, this is, this is a lifestyle change. Like this is not just joining a church. This is a lifestyle change. It, your whole life will change. And you should have seen those missionaries looking at me like, stop, stop, yeah. talking, stop yeah. talking. Yeah. And yeah, these people never came back. And <laughs> because it's not just a church, it's a lifestyle change. It takes which which it was on, like I say, on the Tiger King compound. Yes. And exactly what you're saying, you've got a person that's charismatic. You've got a, you've got people that are, are underprivileged and he's offering them a lifestyle that they wouldn't have otherwise. Yes. And, and, and so it's just a, a power dynamic that is so, yep. so out there. And yet people don't, they don't see it. They, yep. Like you say, you, you put God into it and that eliminates all responsibility. It's like, well, yeah, but that guy was a drug addict and you know, all this kind of yep. stuff. This was, this was from God. Yep. It was chosen from God. So I got to tell you one more and then I'm done. So here's my yeah. one. No, no. Yeah. So, so this was actually, um, uh, not uh, Joe Exotic, but one of the guys that he like studied under and learned from. He right. also had his own place that was very much like a cult. Doc Antle, I think was his name. Um, I but remember one the, him. Yeah. And one of the things the girls talked about was they actually changed their name. So when they went to work oh. for him and they were they were learning how to like train the tigers and everything, um, they changed their name. And one of the girls they talked to literally said, when you change your name, you change who you are. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Because <laughs> that's that... a sign of a cult, right? Changing your name. And man, right. how interesting is that? So yeah. anyway, I'll throw that one in there. Their new name, which is given to you because of the new person that you have become. Oh, yeah. Out with the old and in with the new. Interesting. Yep. That is very good, Trish. Okay, so Liz, well, who did you want to highlight? Did you, you guys? I'm kind of embarrassed because I didn't do my homework. <laughs> no problem. Um, I um if you guys have an idea or I'm just going to wing something, unless there's somebody you guys can think of. Well, I let, feel bad. I, mean, I didn't. No, no, no. In my picture, I have the Tiger King. I, You know, I can't help but compare Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, especially when they came out with that picture of Jeffrey Epstein um, or the, 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 remember the pictograph that they just found of Joseph Smith? Yes. And I looked at that and I looked at this picture and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're like clones. I mean, it's insane, you know. So and and the way the way that Joseph Smith had um, what, what were they called? mothers of Israel who would who would go and find the girls and talk them into it and tell them how great it was and convince them that polygamy was a great thing. And I'm like, well, there's, you know, Gazelle, Galene, Galene Maxwell. And, and mm -hmm. it's just, it's not a new book. It's the same book. It's the same instruction. It's like they all got a copy of Think and Grow Rich and, and read it all. I mean, if there's a book out there for how to start a, a, a cult and, you know, it, you know, not, I'm not saying Think and Grow Rich, but you know what I mean? People who read that become successful salespeople because this is a, a concept. So it's like, is there like a book out there for con men that they all read and go, oh, 
wow, Joseph Smith did that. What a great idea. I'll, I'll hire another woman to convince other women. You know, it's the same don't, pattern. Don't you really? I've always felt like because the way his family were always trying to do get rich quick schemes and they were always trying to sell, you know, like. I don't know. They weren't tarot card readings, but he eventually, you know, called them patriarchal blessings and put his dad over that. But I think that all stems down and Mormonism has high, high rates of fraud right. and uh, multi, what's it called? Multi-level marketing. marketing. Yeah. And yeah. if you look back, at what Joseph Smith was doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see a big difference. No. I mean, you don't it's hear the, about the, the what Sidney Rigdon actually contributed to the church. I mean, if you read, you know, if you get on LDS.org and you and you research a little bit of Sidney Rigdon, it'll say like there was a huge conversion. The church grew, you know, by the hundreds. And I'm like, yeah, because Sidney Rigdon brought his congregation. You know, it wasn't like the missionaries. Yeah, and so it's like, wow, okay, this, the, the, just the twisting, just that little twisting, you know. Which, I mean, by the way, uh, I just want you to know, Trish, I did not start the live broadcast until you were talking, so um, we're a little bit short. I, I'm everybody just missed my whole Charlie Chaplin thing, but I might oh, do it no. at the end. But anyway, yeah, but we we were just comparing how people in the world or people in your particular century, like right now we're in, you know, 2022. So we all know of, about Jeffrey Epstein. We know about Keith Raniere. We know about current issues. We know, uh, you know, you know, two years ago, we knew about Warren Jeffs because that was what was going on right there. And people, you could probably have a group of Methodists, Catholics, Lutherans, Jewish um, all different kinds. You could have people sit around and then be like, did you hear about what Jeffrey Epstein was doing? And they would all be going, I know that's despicable. I can't believe what he did. And, you know, Prince Andrew and Bill Clinton and Trump and all these wealthy people, they were just, you know, and you're like, that is despicable. And they're like, let me tell you about Joseph Smith. They're like, oh, no, no, no. He's a prophet. He was called well, the God. You know, the thing is, we don't even we have to go that hard. far away. Because we could, we could look at Daybell. Right. Oh, it yeah, that's true. Happened, and yeah. honestly, I actually, I, I honestly, I thought about using him as my person today. But good. I'm that going would be a good one to compare to. Yeah, I do was it. Feeling, you know, I'm going impromptu yeah. here, so let's go into that a little bit. If you guys, yes, help I've me been, out. I've been following that like forever, so I am with you. I I cannot understand how anyone cannot see that everything he was teaching everything he was doing was from the beginning of the church. So right. what do you, th what'd you see? Okay. Before the, before he and Lori Vallow were together, um, I don't know how I ran across him. Yes. It's because I'm always on the internet researching, <laughs> but I saw him and I'm like, Oh, he's an author. And then um, successful. There was a, Publishing yeah, house? there was a YouTube yeah. video, and this was this was before his wife had died. Anything, and there was a video of him on YouTube, and I don't know if I could find it now, but he had a he had been called to a bishopric as a counselor. I don't know if it was first or second or what. Um, 
and he made a <laughs> he made a YouTube video about his how ecstatic he was and so uh I mean it was just so over the top I have a mantle I don't know I'm probably you know because making... of his calling he's like I have been yes God. and I was just like oh my gosh because we've all been in wards or stakes where there's people that campaign for positions right oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, this guy's like, not just your average. I want that position. He's just like, it was, wow. that was so weird. So when the other things started to come out, I was just like, oh my word, he is just, he wanted to break away and start his own cult. Yeah, yeah he yeah. did for sure. Yeah. And how and did he get, I just, that Lori Vallow's gorgeous. I'm sorry. Well, well not he only that, like but when you listen to her, like when, remember that friend that she claimed had her kids and the, yeah. the friend called her up and said, why did you do that to me? How, how could you call me a friend? And she was quoting scripture and still believed. She honestly, to this day, still believes that she is following the the mormon religion and she's following the scriptures and she's been called to do this she's a prophetess in some way i think she really believes that i think and so too. it scares me because it that really scared me because when i was in i was all in i never wanted to break away and make my own yeah but i it, it scares me it makes me wonder because she her family was fairly average yeah and I just thought, could I have got tangled up in something so messy because I had so much cognitive Like if she dissonance. was your neighbor, like like if she was your neighbor, would you have been like her best friend? Is that what you're saying? Like I would have like, no, I'm I love you. if I would have been her. Oh. Like, <laughs> no, I, I get it. I totally yeah. get it. Because yeah. if you I'm start, not, but, like, if you start seeing like, things. Well, someday, Oh, I'm sorry. If you start seeing things no. in the church that's not right, that you're like, but this isn't what they were taught at the beginning, but this isn't this things have changed. I don't understand why they've changed. And you start doing that research and seeing that I could imagine that you start looking for something else, something that I mean, you, you know, it's, it. you're going to think I'm a lunatic and you'll maybe never ask me to do this with you again. But <laughs> I was starting, I was starting to wonder like, could I walk on water if I worked really hard and, you know, because you were I? so devoted to the gospel and you were doing yes. everything you were to do. And I mean, you know I'm embarrassed. I should be embarrassed to admit that, but now I'm just like, okay, there's been so many of us duped that I'll yeah. just tell all my crazy thoughts. So no, I do don't. You, do you, yeah. Do you guys follow Wendy Jensen? You need to follow Wendy Jensen. She is a, a wonderful okay. person. She lives here in Arizona. And she talks about that. She says, um, I'll have to add her on, on when I post this. But she says when she and her husband left the church, one of the reasons why she left was because she knew she was perfect. But her husband was not pulling his end of the deal of the priesthood stuff. And she had to get those kids because she was doing everything right. And he was just not doing everything right. And she was going to the bishop and she was telling him everything. He wasn't doing this and he wasn't doing that. And I'm perfect. And I'm the spiritual leader in my home. And she said it took a therapist to say, oh, oh, you, you think you're perfect. You know, and she was like, 
I do. I you didn't know? do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> but, never, I never did that. Cause I mean, my husband was but amazing, I can see, so isn't, you know, priesthood person, but, but yeah. I can see how someone could get caught up in that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, if you're a perfectionist, have my yeah. calling an election. Made sure. You were like, can't not see in my next step for that. It'd be, <laughs> who do I yeah. need to know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Well, I know because I have had people in my past that like a gospel doctrine teacher or something like that. And I'm like, you're bucking for a position here. This is a little, this isn't like a history class. This is more like a, a political campaign or yes, something like that. Camp- and they launched those yeah. campaigns right in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess and- that's where that charisma comes in, right? That we've kind of been talking yeah. about this whole time is like, you know, you, you have to be that. You have to right. be the, the one, you know? Right. But which and which it- follows into the critical thinking. If you're not a critical thinker, you can't look at those people and go, something's off here. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just like, oh, no, he's such a nice guy. I know he's a little quirky, but he's such a nice guy. And you're like, no. He might be starting his own little cult, you know, and then when it happens, people are like, I would have never. I mean, like Jeffrey Epstein, he had the freaking owner of Banana Republic. Uh, He working. The man had no credentials. He faked his, you know, his um, what's the word? Resume. He faked his resume. And but yet he got himself into a position with the owner of Banana Republic, who owned Victoria's Secret and Old Navy and The Gap and all that kind of stuff. And then when he finally stole like $80 million or something, that's when the guy was like, oh, crud, I really liked you, you know? So, I mean, same thing. You've got Joseph Smith, all these credentials. He's got a freaking blue military suit with the saber and he's going to, you know, and then you hear about the 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 Council of 50 and how they, you know, named him king. He was going to be the king of the world. And it's like, you know, the whole move to Utah, it was like, we're going to start our own little world. We don't even want to be a part of the United States anymore because they're just not listening to us. They're not doing what we want them to do. Well, then you see Jim Jones and he's taking his people to Africa, you know, well, and it's honestly, like, that's what Chad Daybell was trying to do up in, it, it was. Idaho, in Idaho. You know, yeah. he was trying to bring everybody up there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know and, that he was? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Did no. you know that he was bringing people down to, I think it was the Holiday Inn conference room and having conferences, meetings. He There were people following him and Lori. They I, had a, I did hear that, that it was big too. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I know, I'm trying to think of where Village Inn is on River Road. Where you come right off a bluff. You're so funny. Were, she, she thinks we know. And that hotel <laughs> conference room, I heard it was overflowing. Now, was that in Idaho or where's that at? No, St. George. Mm-hmm. Oh, in St. George. Okay. So I mean, there were they people know where to go too, him. if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hear all these stories of people that, you know, take advantage. Like, I don't know if you guys are Housewives of Salt Lake people followers. Have you watched any of Housewives of Salt Lake? I, There's I a- tried to a couple of times. I, I know. Can't do that. I was a huge follower. I had, I followed Housewives of OC, Housewives of Beverly Hills, Housewives of New York. And, <laughs> and then I followed um, Housewives of Salt Dubai. Lake. 
No, I don't follow that one because I a, two, a couple of years ago it changed. All the old people were gone, and they brought in all these newbies, and I'm like, Bleh. so I changed. But I had to watch Salt yeah. Lake, and so the one of the housewives there is, I think this month she's being sentenced. She had yes. a is it scam. Shaw? Yeah, Jen Shaw, and I think she her program. My mom was was taken over by what she did. She, she was, she had this thing where they would call people and they'd say, um, look, we're going to set up a business for you. We're going to build the website for you. We're going to give, you know, we're going to help you along. We're going to show you how to do it. $30,000. My parents gave this thing. They oh. set up a website oh and, my gosh, and it was amazing. like, we're, you're going to go through Amazon and here's your website. It was like www. 4,000 words. I mean, it was like, mom, nobody's going to do that. They're going to, why would they go through you to buy something from Amazon when they could buy something from Amazon and just go Amazon poop? Why would I type in, you know, the New York city of the United States of America, you know, and, um, and then they were told she would get a credit for everything people bought through Amazon. But, um, Anyway, so yeah, and that's what they were doing. And so now she's being sentenced for like mail fraud or some other kind of conspiracy. But you think that it's like, how can people be so unaware to be taken advantage of like that? There you go. My my yeah, father, and you know, and both my mom and dad, they're like, here's our credit card. No problem. So yes, if you're a true believer, you have a strong testimony and somebody's giving you these things, you're like, well, they're a good member of the church. He used to be in the bishopric. Yep. They're good. And if I hear one more time, but they're so nice. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I... I'm on the opposite side now where I'm afraid to trust anything. Like, yes. Yeah. I, like, yes. I, I used to be kind of open to things like I'm going to call it energy work, but it's right. not. I mean, right. it's all weird. But anyway, um, I'm know. not saying it doesn't work. But like, yeah. I I used to be pretty open to that stuff. And now I'm just like, everything seems like it's a lie to me. Yeah. Like everything. And that is the sad part. You do become very cynical. You yeah. don't trust in And especially with all the vaccine and all the stuff that's going on politically in our world right now, it's gotten to the point where I don't believe anybody that says anything about anything. I mean, I watch, I was watching some shows. I'm listening to this guy. He's a doctor. Got to go plant-based. I'm listening to this guy. He's a doctor. He's like, you need to eat red meat. I'm like, I, I don't know what to think anymore. Know. You know? Yeah. Yes. Snake juice guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, out. <laughs> I know. But I just think the important thing though, is to be made aware or in to try to encourage people to take that initiative to maybe be a little skeptical. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe do a little research and, you know, like I, I used to, I'd, I'd watch a little bit of Fox news and I'd watch a little bit of CNN and then I'd watch a little bit of MSNBC and then I'd watch a little bit of good morning America and, you know, and, and pretty soon I was just like, I'm just going to go to Netflix because you people are driving me crazy. I don't believe right. any of you, you know, and that's kind of where I am too. It's like, you know, once you start, I don't know if you guys did this, once you start down the rabbit hole of the LDS church, then because my deconstruction was all based on historical things, um, I started really digging into others. So I started listening to Bart Ehrman. So now I want to know if the New Testament is 
a bunch of baloney. Yeah. So then you start listening to Sam Harris because it's like maybe the whole Bible is a bunch of baloney, you know. And so you go down this. That's why people go from LDS to atheist. I'm like, well, that's a huge jump. But it's this it's this this the I don't trust anything anymore that you start going. I don't know what to believe. Okay, I'm going to tell you my theory. You know, from the Hebrew Bible, the Bible's had so many books taken out and um, gosh, I'm trying to gather my thoughts, but it's been added to and taken away. And yeah, um, I think you have to, even with the Bible, because the, the the Bible has to be real in some aspect. Some mythology that's a good parable that's going to teach you to be a good yeah. person. You could look at it like it, that. You know, I'm like, that happened to Otis, at Odin in Norse mythology. And oh, wait, that yeah. sounds like Zeus and Hercules. You know, yeah. but all in all, um, you know... You have to just, for me, I have to take the parts that make me feel good and the rest, I'm just kind of like, yeah, this book's pretty old. It's been fudged with way too much. Well, and I think too, I think, you know, if you go down the list and this is the thing where, you know, like I said, if I listen to a little bit of Fox News and I listen to a little bit of CNN and then I listen to just, you know, I'm just going to listen to Netflix because I can't take it anymore. But you start reading about some of the the truths that we've been told or stories that we've been whitewashed, right? So you have the treasure digging story. And I remember when I first started to do my deconstruction, I remember reading, and I don't know if it was Terrell Gibbons or who it was, but they said, you know, maybe Joseph Smith, it was um, a treasure digger. The Lord used him because he needed that experience Mm-hmm. to then go on and translate the Book of Mormon, use the stone in the hat because of his experience with being a treasure digger. And I remember going, yeah. That, I mean, that, we'll do anything. Yeah, we will do anything sense. to feed our cognitive dissonance. Yeah. And then I heard, okay, so then I started hearing about the Kirtland bank fraud and I was like, ooh, that was bad. And then I read the book, you know, Wife 19 and Edward, Edward Partridge. He was a wealthy man. He made wagon wheels and he was very successful. And then Joseph Smith would take advantage of him and take all his money and he'd start up again. And he stuck with him for so long until he finally was like, I can't do this anymore. And I started, you know, I was like, Oh, that's not the, you know, but you've got to, you've got to read the LDS.org and then you've got to go other sources mm-hmm. so that you can yes. make the decision. You cannot just go to one source. That's and that's great. like I said, listening to these doctors, it's like this guy's plant-based, this guy's red meat, you know, this guy's whatever. So you've got to, and then you, and then you've got to make those decisions. So the Salem trip where they, where he had a revelation that there was silver underneath the house. And so he took, you know, in the, the people that he was with had no idea where they were going, where are we going, Joseph? Oh, I'll tell you when we get there, you know, I mean, I'm that that's, that's lying. I mean, that's lying. He risked these men's lives to go back and see if he could, because this church was so in debt, you know, you've got Zion's camp, which if you read at the LDS.org, he was like, yeah, there was a little bit of cholera. Some of the people were a little upset, but after all it was said and done, you know, most of the apostles came from that experience and most of the, and it was just really a good hard, you know, and I'm like, was it though? Cause I was telling Trish, I know I could be wrong, but if my recollection is correct, I believe Joseph Smith 
managed to collect enough money where he got on a steamship and was like, I'm on my way back, but you guys have a great time walking back to Kirtland, you know? And so I was like, that's not right. And then we talked about the Nauvoo house and, the, you know, the bar that was set up there. And Joseph Smith thought he was going to have a tavern and there was going to be money. And poor Emma's making quilts and trying to bring some money into the house while he's out, you know, campaigning. And and then you've got the Council of 50 and the priesthood ban, if you want to get more modern. Now I just read on um, it, what, it was in the Mormon land section of the Salt Lake Tribune, and they're talking about the temples that they're building in Africa and, and, and how they're, they're going to Africa. And I'm like, and I'm sure that if you were believing LDS, you'd be like, see, what's their time? It wasn't their time in 1973, but now it's their time. And we brought the gospel to them. I'm like, it's exactly what you said, Trish. It's like, or is it because they don't have the internet and it's, they're, you know, they have a, a regime that really gives them kind of an icky life and they're being offered education, free education. We'll pay for you to go on a mission. We'll help, you know, yeah. all, exactly what they were doing in England. Exactly what you said. They're going to go to the poor and the needy say, we can give you a better life, which you know what? Absolutely. I, it's I why it. my ancestors came here and I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> yeah. Where were your ancestors from? England. Okay. Yeah. 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 But they were poor and they, they even Wilford Woodruff baptized some of my ancestor to um, what they call it. Bishops from, they had heard him singing and followed him. And, but you know, when you're promised, I mean, you know, when you're promised, you're getting barely getting by or, you know, maybe some of them were even doing better now. I don't know that a bunch of my ancestors were bakers and oh. you, you get this promise to where you can go and be free and who mm. wouldn't jump on a ship? Mm-hmm. They didn't well, know what they I mean, that's doing. why they all came. I mean, they all came for the golden streets, right? They were all paved mm-hmm. with gold and, and they were <laughs> yes. all promised a better life. And they, and in a way that's, you know, but not all of them. I, I remember hearing when we took a tour of the, uh, Statue of Liberty. And the person said, you know, my, this one guy said, um, I came here because the streets were paved with gold. What they didn't tell me was that I was going to do the paving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> so, and it's funny, I, I just read another thing where they were saying how um, Ireland actually has never recovered from the potato blight, that mm-hmm. the, the loss of the people that left Ireland has, even though they, they should be one of the strongest economies, but they're not because they never really have recovered from the number of people that they lost. Wow. And, and so it's, it's just amazing, but you know, it kind of goes back to, you cannot deny that culturally, yeah, there's a lot of really successful Mormon people yep. because of the values and the standards strength at the education as families pushed. I love the idea that, you know, I, I, I remember hearing that one of the reasons why, the church is so strong in some of the Latin American countries is because fidelity is, you know, um, a value that's taught and the word of wisdom stops people from drinking and alcoholism breaks up a lot of families and those cultures. And, and so you can't deny the goodness of these programs, but you have to look at the, well, guess what? The Muslims, they don't have alcohol either. And they have a patriarchal society and they also can kill their daughter. So there's always that, you know, (laughs) you got to look at the whole picture and go, yeah, but we got to get rid of some of those things. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. 
in well, early Mormonism. Who knows what they were doing out here while they were all alone with no, yeah. no one to answer to. Well, and you look at, you know, the story of, was it Helen Mark Kimball or was it one of the other ones who was, who said her, you know, for whether or not it was a sexual relationship or not, her life came to a halt. You can't go to yes. dances. You can't yeah, live a that was you know, Helen teenage Mar, childhood. Wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, it's like her life was completely upended because of that policy and that belief, you know? Um, so it's not, it doesn't take very much to see the comparison and to try to find some kind of, rec I don't know how, how you pull it all back together again and find some kind of a system that you can live within. But it's just interesting the different reasons that you hear. Um, I had, I'm like, I don't know if you guys listened to um, Mormonism Live last week with Nemo, but one of the things that he said was he was very lucky in the bishopric roulette that mm -hmm. his leaders have been amazing. That ward that he's in is very accepting and 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 then that's really the way I've been. I, I've had some really good, you know. There's always been some wackos, but they were usually in the stake, so they weren't in our ward. But we've I've had we've had some crazy stake presidents that you know after they leave you go, oh, that guy's nuts, you know. But he didn't really affect our lives, you know, uh, too much. He wasn't in our ward or anything, and he didn't come down with any policies that were cuckoo. Except for, remember that, were you guys, you might, you might be too, you remember when they came out for a while and said women are not to wear denim to church? It was that whole, it was right after their flip-flops. And flip-flops. Flip flip yeah, it was right after the Olympics when the Olympic team went to the White House and they were in like flip-flops and, and somehow some leader, so now over the pulpit, they're saying no denim, um, no flip-flops, no open-toed shoes. Yeah, door nylons. Yeah, door nylons. Yes. Yeah. No bare legs. No bare legs. Yeah. I was yeah, like, no have you been nursery? I'm surprised these people, you know, come dressed at all to sit on the floor for an hour, two hours with these kids. You know, that went away real quick. I mean, some of these crazy policies that you know, Kimball and some of the other prophets tried to push things through, and people were like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." You know, I bet there needs to be more of that. Anyway, well, you guys, this has been great. I appreciate you jumping on a Friday late Friday afternoon and, and um, joining us. And just to let the audience know, this is probably going to be our little trifecta here. We're probably going to be taking over the uh, She Became Visible. I love having other people to talk to. So um, next week, we're going to come, I will let you know on Facebook uh, what our subject will be for next week. And then of course, we're getting closer to the holidays. So there might be a little hiatus for all of that stuff because we are moms and grandmas and <laughs> spouses and so we got some other things going on but regardless anyway so thank you so much for participating it was so fun thank and you. yeah and I hope that we've made just somebody think a little bit you know just somebody kind of go huh I never thought about that I never compared that you know probably not we talked about biases right we don't affect anybody yeah, even if there's someone inside the church that can make some changes inside the church exactly isn't that I what mean, it's all I about i want to make them on the outside but if there's somebody else that wants to work and try to change the inside yeah nemo it. mentioned that he said that you know he's hoping to make some changes that's why he hasn't uh well he hasn't been excommunicated yet but after last wednesday <laughs> I was, wondering, I was wondering that same thing. I'm like, oh, I think I think he might have stepped over. Yeah, just like bye. 
see ya. I know. We'll see. I don't know, though. Like I said, it sounds like he has a great stake president unless he gets, you know, I think probably, you know, Dallin Oaks is like the le- dear president so-and-so your yep. court will be held next week. Get that guy out of here. I don't yep. know. We'll see. I mean, it happened to John DeLynn happened to Bill real. So yep. I don't know. So we'll see. Anyway, you guys have a great Friday. Bye. Yep. Have a great weekend. Okay. And everybody else do what you need to do. Stand up, become visible. You're, you're here. You have a purpose. Show your light. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks Renee and Trisha. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all. As I mentioned, I forgot to push the go live button. So in case you guys joined us a little bit late, our topic today was where is your ethics bar? And we started out by comparing people in our um, entertainment world or in our world right now, things that people who have been sentenced to some kind of fraud or some kind of a, like, for example, I was saying how Elizabeth Holmes has been convicted uh, with her Theranos business and how she deceived so many brilliant, really brilliant um, people who, and I heard one person say that because of the feminist movement, that they were really kind of maybe looking and giving her a blind eye because they wanted to encourage a female Steve Jobs. Did they really want, and so they kind of, maybe they were a little skeptical, but they kind of went along with her because they thought, well, we really need to get some more women in the, in the, um, in that, you know, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs type of thing. So I started out the podcast by talking about how I had a family member who had found out a little bit of history about Charlie Chaplin and how they were so, they were just, they couldn't believe that he had four wives that were, uh, you know, 14, 15, 16. One of them, I think his last wife was 18. He was 51. And so I talked a little bit about Charlie Chaplin's history and how there were so many similarities between he and Joseph Smith, how they you know, by the time Charlie Chaplin was 29 years old, he had he had co-founded United Artists and that gave him complete control over all of the rest of his films. And and at 19, he signed on with the Keystone Corporation and that's and he invented the tramp. And so he became one of the most influential entertainers in the world. I mean, songs from his films are still sung today and people dress up like him for Halloween and He's, you know, but he eventually he died in Switzerland because he, um, his little uh, marriages, his four marriages to young girls was a little bit of a controversy. And then he got a little bit political. And during World War II, he kind of started to lean a little bit towards the Soviet Union. And he, he was actually lived out the rest of his life in Switzerland. But he, you know, came from a poor family. His father was an alcoholic. Um, he wasn't educated. He had to educate himself. His education came from the streets. And but he was very well read and he got his education from his surroundings and in the soup that he was swimming in. And that was so much like Joseph Smith. And he ended up being one of the most famous actors in the entire world. And Joseph Smith ended up building a religion that is, you know, followed by millions today. So there was just a lot of similarities. And I just thought how interesting that someone could be that upset about his four marriages and, but not upset about the 40 marriages that Joseph Smith had. So we were just talking about biases and we were just talking about how 
um, how we learn and how we accept the faults of one person because they may be called of God, but we don't accept those exact same faults in another person because it's just your local grocer, right? So that's what we were talking about. And Trish talked about the um, uh, Lion King and how he persuaded people and he was very charismatic. And then Liz just brought in some of her uh, recollections with uh, Daybell Chad Daybell and the people they were able to influence and, and, you know, look at now we've got um, a Denver snuffer and how people are following him. And, but good LDS uh, believing people look at Denver snuffer and they're like, no, he's crazy. And they're like, what's the difference? Anyway, just it really trying to encourage people to be uh, critical thinkers and to that skepticism might be a good thing. So we really kind of encourage you to look at both sides. It's not a good idea to only watch Fox News. You've got to branch out and look at the other sides. And one of the examples I gave, which I think I did a little later, was just how, you know, you listen to one people, one group of people, and they'll say, you know, living a plant-based diet is what you need to do for your health. And then you listen to another group of doctors and they'll say, eating grass-fed red meat is the best thing you can do for your body. So you really have to do your own research and make your own decisions on what's best for you. And so that was the purpose of our She Became Visible today was just encouraging you to be a little bit skeptical and do a little bit of research and find out what works best for you. So have a great weekend. We will see you again next week. Bye.